Alright, well good afternoon everybody. We're back for another Bible study. I think this is our fifth week. Not, not that we're counting or uh, <laughs> whatnot. But anyway, uh, we're doing Don't Limit God from Andrew Womack. Uh, Andrew Womack is the founder of Karis Bible College and Andrew Womack Ministries. Sherry and I went to Karis Bible College between two, 2013 and 2016. Uh, they had a, a campus here in Ontario and we California, and we uh, graduated back in 2016 from uh, the third year program. Anyway, uh, here we are again. We're going through the book Don't Limit God. We're actually <coughs> spent four weeks on the first chapter. They're actually pretty lengthy chapters. So anyway, we're uh, talking about Don't Limit God, and we're going to get started here in just a second here. Uh, Feel free to make any comments or questions, prayer requests. Just say hi, hey, you, this is where you're from, down below. We have our website. We're going to have our website on here as well, lighthousediscipleship.org. We have the last four uh, episodes of our uh, Bible study on our website. You just need to go to our message. It's just our messages page, and uh, you go the, on the top there's two buttons, one for view all of our series, and want to view all of our messages. Either way, you're going to find the last four weeks. So anyway, uh, Don't Let Me God by Andrew Womack. And we're going to get started here. <coughs> Excuse me one second. Uh, well, the title of this chapter is The Cares of This World. And so that's what we're going to get into uh, right now. So once Sherry's ready here, she's getting us uh, all dialed in. But uh, we're gonna, she'll be our narrator. And she helps narrate through this Bible study tonight. And again, feel free to ask any questions, make any comments. Prayer requests. Prayer requests. Keep your questions pertaining to the Bible study if you can. If you have a, additional questions or whatever, uh, just go ahead and message us uh, through another private message so we can uh, answer those that way. Um, but anyway, uh, here we are. And Sherry, when you're ready, let's go ahead and get, get started. Um, okay. Cares of this world. It is e easy nowadays to let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in and choke the word. These distractions limit God and keep us from understanding His plan for our lives. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Mark 4, 18 and 19. When the seed, the word of God, is planted in the ground, our hearts, it has the potential to produce a hundredfold. The seed doesn't determine how much is produced, the ground does. If we have so many thorns in our lives and allow the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter into our hearts and choke God's word, then we limit what he can do in our lives. Amen. I know that's just a brief little introduction to this uh, chapter or whatnot. Um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, Andrew's uh, taking this comment, or this, the title of this section or chapter, The Cares of This World, from uh, the, the parable of the sower. As you know, the parable of the sower there's four kinds of soil that are mentioned there, uh, but all four kinds of soil have the seed, the Word of God, uh, being sown into it. It's a, and as Andrew says, it's the soil that makes the difference between whether that seed is going to be fruitful or not. The, the Word of God is the Word of God. It changes not. It's not, it's not conditional. 
we're conditional. And uh, we limit God, we limit the Word of God by being productive in our lives based on whether, uh, well, there's four kinds of soil. We can be the, 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 the pavement, we can be the, the, the stony soil, and we can be the uh, thorny soil, which is talked about the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and, 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 and um, forget that, there, there, there are lots of other things. Or we can be the good soil that produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. So, and, and really when you read the parable of the sower, it says that all four kinds of soil heard the word of God. So usually it's not so much a problem as hearing the word of God, because even the world, in, in, in a sense, in some circles, still hear the word of God, uh, in some circles. But uh, uh, it, it, all four kinds of soil hears the word of God, but only the soil that understands the word of God. They hear and understand the word of God is a, is a good soil that produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. And Andrew makes a comment here, you know, because uh, we're talking about the cares of this world. When we let the cares of this world, uh, I mean, that could be the everyday day things of this world. That could be other things as well. Uh, but choking out that seed in our lives. You know, some of those things can be also just traditions. Jesus said, right, uh, your traditions, you make the word of God of no effect. And uh, we need to take, we have cares in this world. We have responsibilities. We have things that we need to take care of. We have very busy lives. But at the same point in time, we need to make sure that we prioritize, and we've been talking about this every week, and especially last week, I feel like we highlighted a lot about having a relationship with God. And having a relationship with God and, and learning how to prioritize our lives so we don't let the kids of this world uh, choke out the, the good, the seed. Uh, in other words, when we, don't under, when we don't have an understanding of God's Word because the kids of this world are choking it out, it can choke out, it can limit God's effectiveness, God's involvement in our lives. And so we don't want to, we, we don't want to do that. You have some comments? You have some highlights there, so I don't know. Uh, well, the highlights, I think, are from when we did this study um, before. Um, so I, it's just highlight because I got out of it when we did it before. Um, but uh, a thought process of mine, just for everyone to chew on, and maybe Dave can, can piggyback, but as, as I'm reading it and as Dave's discussing, um, what... What kind of got in my head was, it says the lust of other things. And I, I get, usually our thought process on the word lust is um, a guy or girl lusting for the opposite sex because they think they're, they're good looking. But in the spiritual sense, at least in my thought process, is lust can be a lot of things. You can lust for success. You can lust for whatever it is that you like in life. Um, I don't want to get way off topic, but you know, God puts desires in our our hearts for things. Um, but I know when we don't limit God. I mean, when we are limiting God, excuse me, when we are limiting God, we can try to, to go after things and that, that can be down that road of lusting over things. And in a sense, you can actually lust over the problems you're having. Um, 
we were I was talking with someone from someone else's Bible study who said that they were trying to minister to to people who um, are not realizing that God will supply all your needs and they are lusting for their supplies being met and they, they, they were having a really hard time reconciling the fact that we have a good father who does supply our needs but everything that they were thought processing that they weren't able to trust God they were lusting on the cares of this world wanting their cares met their their needs met but that wrong focus in a sense was making them lust for these are my problems and they're not getting answered so it's it can be a wrong wrong focus and I'm sorry if I'm struggling to make myself understood uh, but when our thought process is focused on the negative that can be a lust in a sense because that's our only focus am I Good. making sense? yeah I think you're making sense so you know the cares of this world I'll just piggyback on that if she talked about lust you know lust is not just uh, immoral in the sense of lusting for something else Immorality, lusting for a guy or girl or whatnot that Sherry was uh, speaking towards. But lust can also, it's a lust of the flesh. Our flesh can lust for a lot of things. It can lust for chocolate. It can lust for, it can lust to be depressed. It can be lust to be angry. It can be lust to be right. It can be lust for a lot of different things. And as you were talking, talking I was just thinking of, in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2-4, to four, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, according to as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. Verse 4, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great precious promises, that by these ye may be partakers of the divine nature, excuse me, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. This world lusts for a lot of things. How do we escape this, this lust? We escape this lust by being partakers of His divine nature. Uh, and, and, and how do we be partakers of His divine nature? Through these precious and great promises. And how do we know what these promises are? By having a relationship with God and the knowledge of Him. So everything, everything stems back from, excuse me again, our relationship with Him. We can't control the flesh by the flesh. You can't control the flesh by the flesh. The Bible says in Galatians 5.16, Walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If the key is walking with God. The key is walking with the Spirit. Uh, yes, walking with God. The grace, will the grace of God will teach us to deny in godliness. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What I just read in Peter. But we control our lusts, uh, and the lusts of the flesh, and it can be a lot of different things. We control that by walking in the Spirit. But anyway, we're getting started here with the cares of this world. Uh, we're talking from uh, uh, Andrew Womack's book, Don't Limit God. We're just getting started here. Feel free to make any comments, questions, even say hello where you're from uh, uh, in the comments below. And our website says below if, you, if you'd like to uh, connect with us. Well, Sherry, why don't you go ahead and read some more? Uh, this is a little bigger chunk of uh, reading, uh, so just give you good ears, Sherry Reeves. 
Alright, it's titled Be Still. We cannot really understand the greatness of God without being still and shutting some things out. We need to be quiet and let Him speak to us. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. When Jamie and I were in Washington, D.C., the week President Reagan died, we had the opportunity to attend his funeral procession. As we walked down the National Mall on the gravel path, I noticed that we couldn't hear a single sound from our footsteps on the gravel. There was no one around us talking or making any noise, yet we could not hear the gravel as we walked. The next day, we went to Shenandoah National Park and we walked on the gravel path on the Appalachian Trail. There, the sound of our footsteps on the gravel was so loud, it echoed through the forest. I wondered how we could hear our footsteps on the gravel there, but not where we were at the National Mall the day before. The Lord spoke to me and said it was because of all the ambient noise in Washington, D.C., the planes, the traffic, and all the other background noise. If we are busy and have too much going on in the background of our lives, we will limit our ability to hear God and will miss what He's telling us to do. And He said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. 1 Kings 19, 11 and 12. Elijah witnessed an earthquake, a fire, and a mighty wind that was so strong it destroyed the rocks. But God wasn't in any of those spectacular things. He simply spoke in a still, small voice. This is the number one way God speaks to us. He can yell and do things in a spectacular way, but the true nature of God is a still small voice. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Matthew 11:29. When Jesus came to the earth, he could have come in a 747 and landed in Jerusalem. That would have attracted a lot of attention. But instead, he came and announced his arrival to shepherds. The way that 99% of us are going to relate to the Lord is not through something dramatic like a blinding flash of light, but rather through something subtle and simple. But if we're not careful, we will let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in and cause us to miss that still small voice. Psalm 46.10 tells us to be still and know that I am God. We have to be still. Most people's lifestyles are not conducive to having a relationship with God. They cram their lives full of stuff and never have any downtime. If they happen to have free time, they just plop in front of the television. They never have a time when their minds are free to be led by God. This limits what God can do in their lives. Some years ago, I had a dream. In this dream, I saw a banner with Psalm 4610 on it. But for the life of me, I could not remember what the, that verse said. I've quoted that verse hundreds of times, but I couldn't remember what it said that day. When I woke up, I looked the scripture up. 
Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I didn't know exactly what this scripture meant, but I thought, well, just in case, I'm going to be still and not move. So for over an hour and a half, I sat out on my deck and never moved. Deer came up to me and stared me right in the face. Chipmunks came and sat on my feet and climbed up my legs. I watched thousands and thousands of ants crawl everywhere. I heard birds flying and the wind blowing. I had not noticed these things before. But once I became still, I realized that this activity was going on around me constantly, yet I would get so busy that I missed it. We are completely oblivious to these things because of our busy lifestyles. Likewise, in the spiritual realm, God is constantly speaking to us. If you ever wondered how birds can fly thousands and thousands of miles and land at the exact same place on the exact same day every year, or how fish know where to go to spawn every year? Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Creation is shouting at us every single day. Every sunrise and sunset is a tremendous testimony of the awesomeness of God. God is constantly speaking to us, yet we are too busy to hear him. Our lifestyles are choking what God wants to do in our lives. We need to spend time being still and letting God speak to us. But many people don't like to do this because when they get still, it's like there's a homing device or a little beeper that goes off and they begin to think, is this all there is? Is this all my life is meant to be? Is there something more? Am I really doing what God called me to do? Most people are uncomfortable with these questions and don't want to deal with them, so they drown them out. This keeps them from hearing the voice of God. Our lifestyles are so busy that we often talk about how busy we are. If we have any extra time, we fill it with something. We multitask and brag about how we can do multiple things. Rather than boasting about our busyness, we need to get to a place in our lives that's conducive to hearing God's voice. Jesus separated his disciples and told them to come apart and rest a while. Mark 6.31 Jesus went into the desert to rest, but the crowds followed him around the lake and wouldn't let him rest. So he stayed up all night praying. This is Matthew 14. Jesus was recharging his spiritual batteries by communing with his Father. This was more important to him than sleep. If Jesus needed to separate, to come apart and rest a while, and if Jesus told his disciples to rest a while, then we need to follow his example and do the same. Okay. Thank you, Sherry. I know that was a long section of reading. Thank you for joining us, those who have joined us. We're going through Andrew Womack's book, Don't Limit God. And the title of the section that we're going through is talking about the cares of this world. And Andrew talked about a lot of different things in this section. But really it comes down to, and we've been talking, it seems like we're talking about this every week, uh, and I always come back to the, the, the main thing is that everything flows from having a relationship with God. We have to prioritize having a relationship with God. Jesus prioritized having a relationship with his Father. He, there was even times, as, as Andrew just read, uh, wrote, that he would sometimes spend the whole night spending time with the Father. He didn't do this every night. Obviously, he got sleep. But at the same point in time, there was times where he valued having a relationship with God more than sleep. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm not advocating that we don't need to get rest, but we need to sometimes prioritize, excuse me, I think I'm saying this wrong, 
We need to prioritize having a relationship with God. He even says sometimes we're so busy that we're, we brag about how busy we are. We need to brag about how, we need to be busy with God. We need to spend time with God. We need to prioritize with God. Um, I just I, I just underlined some things as, as Sherry was speaking. So let me go this way. You know, first of all, it says uh, if we have too much going on in the background of our lives, we will limit our ability to hear God and we'll miss what God is telling us to do. Sometimes we need to hear and shut up off the background noise. I don't know what that may be for you. You know, maybe it's, I mean, in some ways it could be the, the kids, it could be different things. Not that we have to shut our kids out and our families out, but we need to have times with God. You know, so many people say that marriage is the first relationship God established. And I disagree. I believe it's priority, but I believe the first relationship God established was his own relationship with man. Then he established marriage. Uh... I believe in marriage. I believe marriage is very high on the list. But our relationship with God is the highest. And, my, and I'm not going to have an effective marriage if I don't spend time with God. I'm not going to be an effective pastor if I'm not spending time with God. As parents, you're not going to be an effective parent if you're not spending time with God. We're so busy in this world, especially here in the West. I know we have people watching and following us every week from all over the world. I don't know where it might be in your parts uh, of the world. But here in the West, we can be very, very, very busy, you know. And so um, we need to sometimes turn off all the background noise. And sometimes that background noise is not people. Sometimes that's not things. That's not our, our everyday, daily, weekly activities. Sometimes it's our mind. Sometimes we need to learn how to sh be still and know that He is God. we got to learn how to shut this thing off. And uh, tune it down. You know, I remember a time back in uh, in, uh, in high school where we had, uh, um, I, can't, I can't remember his name now, but our English teacher, he used to always tell us, stop broadcasting and start tuning in. And uh, in other words, stop talking and start listening. And so sometimes we need to, even in our prayer times, even in our times that we used to spend with the Lord, sometimes we need to just, back of other terms, shut up. And just listen. Uh, yes, he wants to hear us. Yes, he wants us to talk. But we just need, sometimes need to hear him and get direction from him. We need to prioritize that. I also highlighted what Andrew said. This is the number one way God speaks to us. A still small voice. He was comparing with Elijah where God wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. But he was in this small, still voice. We need to quiet everything down once in a while so we can hear God. And uh, we need to quiet everything down till we, until we do hear God. Whatever we have to do. If the only time you can hear God and spend time is in the middle of the night like Jesus at times, then so be it. Prioritize spending time with God. You know, there's times because of our schedules. Uh, Sherry and I, the only time we, got, we had with each other was at night. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And so one of us would wait and have dinner with the other one because that's the time we had dinner. Uh, some of us, some people were like, I can't fathom having dinner at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Were we hungry? Sure. But it, food was not the most important part. Spending time together was the most important part. And so we had to prioritize uh, sometimes in our own relationship that we, even if we're tired, we're going to spend some time. We might play a little scrabble or do a little game or Something besides watching TV or a movie, but every once in a while, we're so tired we would even do that. 
But, you know, we would just, we prioritize sometimes, even though we were tired, just spending a little bit of time before we went to bed. Were we tired? Sure. But we also needed to prioritize our relationship. And uh, and same thing goes with our relationship, and more so with our relationship with God. I also highlighted, uh, uh, um, you know, God doesn't always speak to us through something dramatic. Uh, sometimes it's through something very simple. And we don't need to be very religious about this. We don't have to be very complicated about this. You know, we love when we have good dates and, and we go all out on something. But actually, that's not my favorite. My favorite is when we can just be ourselves. When we can just uh, uh, do something natural together and uh, just spend time together. Same thing with, with friends and family. It's not always doing something very uh, festive, in a sense. Sometimes it's just... Hanging out and, and and enjoying one another, we love that. Uh, when we have friends, you know, Sherry always asks me every year what what I want for my birthday, and all I ever want for my birthday is for friends to come over and hang out. I don't care what we do, uh, you know. I, I just want to do something. I just that those are special to me. Uh, you know, I'm trying to paint a picture. God wants to just hang out with us. We need to hang out with Him, but we need to prioritize hearing from Him. Um, be still and know that he is God. He says most, I like this though, but Andrew says, most people's lifestyles are not conducive to having a relationship with him. That is very true. Many people's lifestyles are not conducive to having a relationship with God. That is so, so, so true. And I know that's been true in my life at times in the past. I wanted a relationship with God, but I wasn't having a relationship with God. That wasn't God's fault. That was mine. And uh, I need to make sure that my life and all the busy, and you know, and sometimes our lives are busy because so many people have demands on our lives. Our kids, our grandkids, uh, our parents, other people. It seems like, you know, some, some people's uh, setup is so complex, you know, uh, but we need to have time with God. You know, some of, I remember, you know, I remember as a teenager, I always wanted to have a car with a good CD player, and whatnot, so I could play my favorite worship music, whatnot. And then I, then you know, but uh, it's been several years. I don't turn on the radio anymore. I don't turn on the CD player anymore. Is it quiet? Yeah, but uh, I enjoy just having a alone time with God while I drive. Even if I'm just going down to Walmart or the supermarket or getting gas or whatever the case may be. Uh, do I like the music? Do I like the worship? Yes, absolutely. But. Sometimes there have been times in my life that's the only quiet time I got, and that's the only time. And so uh, it was just not my. It was became my prayer closet where me and God would just hang out while we're driving, you know. And so, and I, I'm very content with that, you know. Um, it's not about me. It's about it's about spending time with my my daddy. It's about spending time with my father. And so, um, you know. Uh, our lives need to be conducive to having a relationship with God. You know, some of us, we find that same problem with our marriages and with other relationships because we're not conducive to having a relationship because we don't spend time, we don't prioritize it. Well, we need to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We need, to, He needs to be the number one thing in our lives. And, uh, uh, and when we don't have a relationship with God, this limits our God. That's why, as we're going through Andrew's book, Don't Limit God, and as we're talking about the cares of this world, but we need to shut them things out. You know, we need, you know, lately, Sherry and I, we've been spending some time in our backyard. There's a corner of our yard, and we're taking out the ivy, and we're getting ready to put a garden in there. 
And, uh, you know, this ivy, if you've ever tried to pull out ivy, you know, it's, it, I mean, those roots go everywhere, you know, and so we're digging up some of those roots and whatnot, and, you know, we got, there's some things that we got to pluck out, because if we don't, it's going to chuck out the good seed that we want to put in, and so we have to, we have to get some of those weeds and out, we need to prioritize and giving it some, see, it's a, it's a soil that makes a difference, the seed is, is the, it's the same seed that's planted in all four types of soil in the parable of the sower. But the good seed is not going to be chucked out by the, 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 the thorns and the thistles and whatnot. And so we want our garden to be uh, happy and, and, and full of fruits. Uh, do you have anything, Sheriff? Just to piggyback on everything that Andrew and, and Dave are saying, you know... I can remember back when I first learned to to talk with God and to listen to Him that I thought I couldn't hear God. And I struggled with that. I, it, it, I just, I thought something was wrong with me. And I would, you know, come crying to, to Dave. This was at the beginning of our, our marriage because I'd never thought about hearing God. I knew I was filled with the Holy Spirit. We, we get so, sometimes our minds just get all twisted and weird about things. But I remember coming to him and him walking me through how I can hear from God that his sheep do hear his voice. There's, there's so many times in scripture where God is talking to Abraham, to, to King David, to, to Paul, all these people. So we know God is speaking. In fact, he's speaking all the time. But I, the reason I'm bringing this up, I want to encourage anyone who thinks that they have never heard from God or that God is not speaking to them. And I want to encourage you to, just like in a marriage or a friendship or with your family, it's not one person speaking all the time. You know, how would Dave feel if all I did was talk, talk, talk and not let him answer or vice versa? No, in, in our marriage, one of us talks, the other listens, and then the other one talks, and then we listen. So in your quiet times with God, a good way to start learning His voice is speaking to God. Maybe it could be about your prayer requests or just how amazing God is. Even, I mean... I'm outside talking to the garden that we have planted, talking to my, my squash and tomatoes, and, um, just, and the, they're plants. So, of course, the voices, you know, they're not going to talk back. But in a sense, they are because the, they're growing and they're green and they're, and they're healthy. And there is the, the time when Jesus answered the fig tree and I won't go into another teaching because my mind goes on so many tangents of teaching uh, you'd, you'd probably be shocked if you could see inside my brain but I want to talk about listening to God and hearing his voice when we speak to someone we stop talking and hear them so when you're speaking to God take a moment be still and be quiet like what Andrew's talking about and just listen and the, the, the first time, I'll always remember this conversation with God. Here I am thinking that, I, that God doesn't talk to me, wondering, well, what is his voice? Because I don't think I've heard it before. And at the time, I wanted a, 
a better relationship with God. I, I felt that was lacking in my life. So here I am, and I'm and I'm talking to God, and you know, being all pitiful about it. You know, I want to hear you. I want a better relationship with you. And how come I'm not like my dad, like Dave? That they know scripture forward or backwards. You know, they seem to have their head on their shoulder when it comes to spiritual things. And you know, I, I feel like a, a, a newborn babe with this, and I hear God say, "Rome wasn't built in a day," and. That thought didn't come from me. And so that, that little thing, first of all, I mean, God has, has humor and he speaks to us, you know, each person personally. But it encouraged me because God was encouraging me, hey, th this is a learning process. I'm here with you. You're not going to, like, snap your fingers and, and be, you know, know the whole Bible forwards and backwards. But you are a starting place with your relationship with me and it was so encouraging and the more I talked to God the more I stopped to let his voice have a say in my life the more I could recognize his voice and for anyone who who might struggle with this please re reach out and we can talk more but you know in any relationship you know take a moment stop listen and let him speak to you and his word will confirm. If, if you're hearing something and you're like, is this my brain speaking? Is this God? Is this another voice I'm hearing? Always go back to the word because God's word will confirm if you are hearing from God. Very good, very good. Well, you want to read some more? We're going to read some more. Again, we're going to the book, Don't Limit God. And Sherry's going to narrate another section here. Alright, this section is called You Choose. O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Jeremiah 10.23 God has given us the authority to run our own lives. We're allowed to run our lives, but it's a wrong choice. We can only reach our full potential when we become God-dependent and look to Him for leadership, God did not create us to run our own lives. The way of man is not in himself. We need to spend time with God and his word and follow his plan for our lives. Let's take a look at this scripture in Deuteronomy. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Deuteronomy 30, 19. God gave us a choice, but he told us what choice to make. The right choice is to choose life, to choose God. We need to become responsive to God, yet we can't do that when the cares of this life and other things are choking the word of God on the inside of us. It takes time and effort. People often say, I don't have a large quantity of time, but I have quality time. But we need to spend quantity time with the Lord. We need to keep our minds stayed on Him. That doesn't mean we have to become preachers or stop working in the secular world. We can keep our minds stayed on the Lord regardless of what we do. I wasn't always a preacher. I got drafted into the army. I was completely submerged in and surrounded by ungodliness Yet I kept my mind stayed on the Lord and put him first 
in the midst of terrible situations. I've also worked secular jobs. I've poured concrete for a living, and I was able to keep my mind stayed on the Lord. You can do this too. The part of you that meditates on the word is the same part that worries. Worries is meditation in a negative form. Have you ever gone to work while you were worrying about your family, your finances, your health, or some other problem? Even though you were worrying, you could still function at your job. In the same way, you can keep your mind stayed upon the Lord. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. We have the power to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We can keep our minds stayed upon the Lord. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. If we are not in perfect peace, our minds are not stayed on the Lord. We are listening to the same junk that the world is listening to, instead of listening to the Word of God. If we are going to take the limits off God, we are going to have to diminish the ungodliness and all the junk of this world that is coming into our hearts. And we're going to have to still ourselves, still, S-T-I-L-L, -L, still ourselves, be quiet and start listening to God. We're going to have to start facing some of our hard questions. Is this all there is to life? Is this all that God wants us to do? Is there something more? Are we in the right professions? Is this what God led us to do? Until we start entertaining these thoughts and being still and letting God speak to us, we will continue to limit God. We will become like those who are up to their eyeballs in debt. We will get the same results as long as we do the same things that they do. We need to be still. All right, thank you. Thank you, Sherry. So... Uh, again, we're going through uh, Andrew's book, Don't Limit God. The title of this section is The Cares of This World. Uh, feel free to say hello in the comments below. Ask any question, comment, hopefully pertaining to the Bible study tonight, as well as maybe even just saying hello where you're from. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, let us know so we can pray for you. So we're talking about the cares of this world under the section of Don't Limit God. And I just want to highlight a couple things that I got out of what Sherry just read, you know, um, uh, first of all, the first one is we need to spend time with God and His Word and follow His plan for our lives. That's kind of just a repeat of what we've been saying uh, earlier and even last week. We need to prioritize our relationship with God. We need to spend time with Him, His Word, and then do what He says. A disciple is a disciple who is someone who hears God's words and does what He says. We need to be disciples of God's word. We need to have a relationship with God. But then he goes on to say we need to spend not just quality time, but we need to speak, we need to spend quantity time. Some people have through the years, and I used to say this myself. I'm not. I might not be spending quantity of time, but I'm spending quality time. You know, and I, I might even say that sometimes in a relationship or marriage. But 
My, I can tell you my wife doesn't just want quality time. She wants quantity time, too. Got that right. You, you know, so if I can just say, you know, I can't just give her a, a quality 15 minutes and say, hey, hey, I gave you 15 minutes today. That's not going to fly well, you know. And so I need we need to spend quality time. In other words, we need to spend all of our time with God. I'm not saying we're always going to be necessarily in the actual Bible. We may not always be worshiping and whatnot. But I don't know. The Bible says that he will keep a perfect peace whose mind stayed upon me. I'm in a relationship with God. I take him to work. I take him wherever I go. Even and, and I, if when we do that, when we have a relationship with God and we come upon a crisis, we come upon a situation, he will give us the wisdom and the strength and the know-how and the emotion, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the fruit of the Spirit, to be able to deal with the situation. Until we can spend time with God all the time. Uh, and uh, we need to. Where we get in trouble is when we don't. And so we need to not only spend quality time with God, but we need quantity time with God. And other, same in my marriage. I don't just spend quality time. I spend quantity time as well. Uh, how, how long is that? Well, really, I think it's, my, it's all day. You know, I can't just say, Hey, Sherry, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to spend the rest of the evening with you. I, I spent the last couple of hours with you. Now you're on your own. I get it. We all need space. I'm not talking about that. Sometimes we just need some time alone with us and God. I get that. And sometimes we just need a breather. I get that. But as a lifestyle, we need to spend quali- not only quantity t- quality time, but also quantity time. We need to spend quantity time, too. You know, if all I am is giving Sherry a bunch of quantity time, but I'm not giving her my undivided attention once in a while, that's not going to fly well either. either. So it, we need both quality and quantity time. We need to have, walk with God. We need to have a marriage. We need to have a relationship. Relationship is two ways. I've had some friendships and relationship. it was only one way. It was either their way or the highway. And that's not a friendship. That's not a relationship. It's two ways. And we're spending time with God. God's spending time with us. I'm spending my time with my wife, but she's spending time with me. You know, even the even today, I usually there's certain things. Usually, sometimes we'll we'll splurge on Sundays for lunch, pizza, McDonald's, somewhere that we are in and out, or somewhere we like. And every once in a while, we'll go out to eat when we can, especially when things are open. Okay. Uh, but at the same point in time, today I know I knew her favorite restaurant was always Panera Bread, and so I said, you know what? We always go where I want. That's not fair. Let's go. And I, I, I prefaced the question, what do you want to eat? And she's like, I don't know. She's probably used to my same old, same old that I like. And I go, you want Panera Bread? And she just melted, and she, uh, we ended up going Panera Bread. And so um, um, anyway, you know, but it's, un, it's not just, it can't be just one way. It's got to be both ways. You know, uh, it's it's fun to receive, but it's fun to give, and we can't be all giving and never receive, and we can't be all receiving and never give. We need to do both in our relationship with God and also with uh, our relationship with each other. How do we give to God? Well, we give we give the I believe we give to God uh, by also just spending time with Him. I mean, He wants a relationship. He created us for a relationship. 
sin alienated us from the life of God. We could not be in a relationship with God because of sin. So he, became, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be the righteousness of God. We can be in right relationship with him again. God went to the cross so we can be in relationship with him. We miss that sometimes. We think that he just went to the cross so we can go to heaven and not hell. That's a big part of the package, but that's not the whole package. If all we get, if all we want out of God is going to heaven and not go to hell, and that's all we want, I don't know about you, but that's very selfish. I want a relationship with God. I don't want just my prayers met. He's not my genie. He's my Father. He's my God. And He's my Savior. He's my best friend. And I want to have a relationship with Him. And I want to spend time with Him as He wants to spend time with us. Yes, He wants to meet our needs. Who, who in a relationship doesn't want to meet one another's needs? We want to, he wants to meet our needs. He loves us. But He, want, he created us for a relationship. And it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't just come to Him when I have a wish list, which is all the time. I come to Him just to spend time with Him. Yes, in the middle of our relationship, you know, I love it when I can reach out to a friend and say, Hey, what's going on? How, how can I help? You know, I, I saw a friend earlier today uh, that was in tears. And I said, uh, is everything okay? You know, uh, I want to meet one another's needs. I want to help others. And so, uh, by the same point in time, there's times I'm in tears. And I want someone to help meet my needs. And so, and, and uh, I'm trying to relate, uh, uh, you know, I guess I spend so much time with this relationship with God, not only because it's key, it's essential, it's foundational, but through our, our times as being ministers and pastors, we've found a lot of people, this whole concept of having a relationship with God is foreign. They don't know what it looks like. They don't, they've never heard this concept before, which is kind of foreign to me, even when I, uh, I all my life I knew what a relationship with God was. I'm still learning, but I, I, I've heard the concept. You know, and I got, uh, I hate religion, but I love re having a relationship with God. Everything flows out of that relationship with God. The last thing I, I highlighted in my notes uh, from what Andrews uh, wrote, it says that, and many times we are listening to all the junk that this world's listening to instead of listening to the Word of God. You know, when we're talking about limiting God, uh, not limiting God, when we're talking about the cares of this world, you know, if we're going to be different than the world, we need to stop listening to all the same junk that the world listens to. You know, if we're, you know, uh, our diet needs to be different. I'm not saying that we might not sometimes hear some of the same, 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 same things the world hears, but my most primary diet is not the cares of this world. My primary diet cannot be the news. My primary diet cannot be a bunch of gossip. My primary diet needs to be the Word of God. We don't listen to the news in this house. We might get a few highlights and, and news headlines. Uh, most of the commentary is not even news anyway. Uh, but I'm not going to get all political with any of that. But at the same point in time, you know, we that's not our source of information. God is. And, uh, you know, um, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Uh, we don't mind hearing a few headlines here and there, but that's not going to be our diet. You know, we... Uh, we snack once in a while. We have some snack, where I consider salty, creamy, cheesy, snacky foods once in a while. But we have a regular meal uh, uh, at our scheduled times. 
you know. And so it's okay to have a, a nice snack. Where I don't, I mean, I know that's a whole political thing too with some people. But uh, you know, we but we 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 do splurge once in a while. We do treat ourselves once in a while. But we eat a good diet once in a while, most of the time. And that making sense. Hopefully it is. But we, if we're going to be different, then we need to, you know, you know we, need, we need to starve our fears and feed our faith. We need to have a different diet in the world. If we're going to take the limits off God, we are going to have to, have to diminish the ungodliness and all the junk that this world is coming into our hearts. And we're going to have to steal ourselves to, to quiet and start listening to God. We need to take out all the background music in our minds, that's coming into our minds, all those influencers, and we need to listen and hear God. We need to be still and know that He is God. You know, I don't know about you, but even as a child, I could not sit still. I still can't sit still. <laughs> Sherry and I might play a game of cards or something, and I can't sit still. I've never been able to sit still. I don't know about you, maybe you have a hard time just being still and knowing that he's God. You know, lately we've just been sitting in our back driveway in our, our lounge chairs, especially in the, these summer evenings, and just enjoying and uh, the, 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 the flowers. And, the, the, um, and being still and knowing that he's God. As he was saying also in the study, you know, all creation is giving glory to God. You know, it's just nice to be still and know that He's God. And we, if we're not gonna, if we don't take this time to be still, we are not. We are we are limiting God in our lives. We need. He needs to be the number one voice, the number one information, the number one relationship that we are, that we're listening to, that we're feeding information from. We need to get our information, our direction, our you know, sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes we get insecure. <coughs> we need to be, uh, uh, we need to be puffed up again in a in a good way. I don't know if I'm saying that right. With God, we just need Him to reaffirm us. We need we need Him to to remind us who we are and who we are in Him. And we can only have that from a relationship with God. Do you have anything, Sherry? Um. Yes, I do. My mind went on a. a a third tangent um, for something in Dave's message, but I'll look that up later. Um, but to to piggyback on what Dave and Andrew are saying again, you know, I was reminded of Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8. And there's a comparison between the cursed man and the blessed man. And the cursed man, it says... Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. And we've been talking about the, uh, having a relationship with God, 
and Dave's been comparing the quality and quantity time and in all reality if you aren't satisfied with your relationship with God just look at this the, these verses in Jeremiah it the the cursed man he could not see any blessing from God all he could see was the negative in his life all he could see was what was going wrong the blessed man trusted in the Lord so much he couldn't focus on the negative and the bad and we're not saying that stuff's not gonna come that that's good or bad I mean that both both come but the blessed man he was like the Isaiah uh, what was it 26 3 I think you quoted about uh, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord this is that Jeremiah 7 and 8 man, the blessed man, because the blessed man is so focused on God, so focused on his word, so spending time with God, that he is like a tree planted by the waters. That even in drought, he's still green and bearing fruit, because all he can see is God. All his time is with God. And, you know, growing up as a little kid, you know, I thought talking to God was just prayer. I mean, you prayed and that's how you communicated to God. But as an adult and I've, as I've grown in my own relationship with the Lord, you know, I, I can kind of compare it to my relationship with Dave. Dave knows everything about me. I tell him everything. I have no secrets from him unless I'm trying to to get him a birthday or Christmas gift, and even then it's hard to keep a secret from Dave. He he can like read my mind sometimes. But, you know, Dave, Dave gets everything, every good, bad, ugly, perfect, non-perfect thing about me because he is not just my husband, he's my best friend and my own pastor. And so, I go to him and, and I spend time with him. We could be just talking about nothing and everything. We could talk, be talking about the word. But during this quarantine lockdown time, uh, we get more time together, which we are thoroughly enjoying. But I can kind of use that as an example to having a relationship with God because it's not just, here God, here's my prayer list, boom, see you later. No, I can walk the dog or now when we're gardening and my thought process is, oh my gosh, God, look at this. Like, how cool is this zucchini plant coming up? You created this to come from a seed. And I'm having this whole dialogue in my head about God's creation. You know, we're hearing the birds, we're seeing the, the, the bugs, the bees, the butterflies, the roly-polies, the worms and the dirt. Um, we're, we're digging up the... Um, the, the the dirt to get out the roots that we don't want there and it's and it's uh, dark and rich and I'm thinking man God you are so awesome for your creation to sustain life this way and you know that's that's just one example we're really our minds have been in such a gardening mood that that I kind of can't stop comparing everything with with gardening we were at a, a uh, leadership conference um, for mission trips a couple years ago and one of the speakers 
um, Sandra, she was ex she was sharing how she spends time with God, and she does have that time where she sits down in the Word and or and and prays and just seeks Him through His Word. But there's times when she will go do some sort of activity with God. And her example at the time, because there was still snow on the ground, this was Colorado, she said she went to this frozen pond and was throwing rocks on this frozen pond and just laughing with God because it was so fun to see the rocks bounce across the ice. And she was just saying, you can spend any which way with God. You know, Dave mentioned, you know, all day long, even at work, or maybe it was Andrew, and Dave used to work at at uh, Target. He used to work at Toys R Us and different retail places. And he would be um, stocking shelves or cleaning up the store or, or helping customers. And it's not the most, at times, glamorous job, but he, he one, it was a stepping stone to what God had for us next um, for that season. But instead of thinking, oh, you know, this is kind of boring at times or, or whatever, he would be totally talking with God and remembering verses and, and um, preaching to himself and spending quality time at work with, with God and having the best time ever. And um, I can't tell you how that example has changed my life to know that I mean, I could be scrubbing the bathroom and still be having quality and quantity time with God. It's not just reading the Word, which is amazing. You, that's one of the best things you can do with your time. But when, when you can't just sit still and, and be in the Word, you can do other things with your relationship with God. And I, we keep going back to that relationship with God, but I just want to make sure that I get it and you get it and we all get it. That it's just an amazing, like, you cannot limit God. He does not limit himself with us. He is there for us. That verse, I think, was in First Peter, that he gives us everything for life and godliness. I mean, what parent out there that's listening doesn't want, wants to keep things from their kids? No, they want their kids to learn and grow and be blessed and fruitful in their lives. And uh, we want that for you. Yeah, there's been some times that we spent some time with some of our uh, little nieces and nephews, uh, and, you know, playing with them. And so many times, uh, uh, one of our toddler nieces, uh, we, we would spend time with, and she wants to, there might be an activity she wants to do, and we want to show her how to do it. But she's too proud, proudful, she wants to do it herself. And so she limits us from helping her. You know, there's a comment, you know, how God, uh, in the comments, that God is not limited or he's unlimited. And that's true. God, and God in himself is not limited. But we limit him in our lives. We limit his influence in our lives. We limit him uh, when we don't trust him, when we don't rely on him, when we take it on our shoulders, when we don't have a relationship with him. We limit the Holy One of Israel. Uh... Andrew, when he wrote this book of Don't Limit God, and you'll you have to re-listen to uh, some of our previous episodes on this, but it comes from Psalm 78, I think verse 40, 41, it says, And yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. 
I think the King James says it just a little different. Let me toggle real quick here to the, the King James. Uh, maybe that was the King James. Let me go to the New King James. Uh, yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. This is speaking of Moses and, and, the, and the Israelites in the wilderness. Uh, again and again they limited God. We can limit God's influence in our lives by not allowing Him to be limited in our lives. I'm sorry, I think I just chopped that up. We limited God in our lives when we don't let Him be our Lord, when we don't let Him be our Savior, when we don't let Him be our, our God and, 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 our, and our Father. We limit Him when we do it ourselves. We limit Him when we walk in the flesh and not in the Spirit. The, the Bible says to be to be carnally minded, which means to be naturally minded, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. God's not limited, but God is limited in a sense to his own word. When God tells us to do something, he's not going to do what he told us to do by his word. God honors his word above his name. God's not going to do something that he told us to do. He told us to go lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He told us to, to preach the gospel. He told us to, to edify and minister to one another. God has always used people. God, those things that God has told us to do. And so we limit God when we don't let God do it. We limit God when we uh, are complacent and passive and we don't allow God to uh, ha have a relationship with God so God can work in our lives and through our lives. God is not limited. But uh, when we're not plugged into the source, you know, there's uh, there's so many you know there's been so many times. The other day we had a lamp that wasn't turning on, wasn't turning on. We th we were like maybe something wrong, and finally I noticed it wasn't plugged in. It's just as simple as that. You know, the lamp doesn't work until you have a power source. Either it has a battery operated, or it gets plugged into electricity. <laughs> Gotta watch out when our nephew comes over because he likes buttons. We found a lot of uh, lamps and switches and stuff not working because uh, little little fingers hit the, hit the, those buttons. <laughs> now, you know, um, um, the lamp is not limited, but it's lim it is limited in the sense until you plug it in and give it some some juice, it can't work. You know, um, and so so uh, anyway, it's not a, a defective lamp. It just needs to be plugged in. Jesus said, "You can't apart from me, you can do nothing." And so we need to be plugged in. And until we're plugged in, God can't work in and through our lives. He's not limited, but he might be limited in our lives. He might be limited in our, with our influence, you know. And so, um, anyway, uh, I decided to say that. you have anything else, Sherry? Um, no, but it brought to mind John 15, which I, I will just say we, we all should know. It's about abiding in the vine and that connection, that relationship that Jesus is encouraging us to have about abiding in him, that, that relationship, that connection, you know, he's created each one so particularly, so specially that, no, I, I'm not going to be like somebody else because I'm me and God created me to be me. And same with you, but that abiding in the vine is for all of us. And it is so, I mean, 
if you want to be fruitful in your life, abide in Him. Abide in the vine of Jesus Christ. Have that relationship with Him. Right. You know, and again, it, it seems like we keep coming back to this relationship with God. And, uh, you know, I know it's, it's, to me it sounds somewhat like a broken, broken record, but it's a good broken record. We need to hear it again and again and again. One, because we don't do it. <laughs> I know about me, we do it, but we don't. And uh, I, I know I need to prioritize my relationship even more. Uh, praise God how far I've come, but I, it needs to be the number one thing in our lives. And we get so busy. And as things slowly, hopefully, very soon get back to normal here, or the new normal, whatever that is, we need to make sure that we are prioritizing a relationship with God. And you know, no matter what's going on in the world or in your life, and I know some of you are probably going through some really heavy, heavy things, um, and I'm not downplaying it playing those at all. We know people who have some health stuff they're going through, financial stuff they're going through, different things. Um, but when we have our eyes on Christ, He is our only answer. And I encourage you, and if you don't have that relationship with God, please reach out. You know, if, if you're in our area, we'd love to talk with you. Um, if you're not in our area, same, same thing. And, you know, depending on where you are, we might even know someone in your neck of the woods. But we encourage you to please, you know, get, um, get, get right with, with God and let, let Him come in your life. And, um, you know, I can't, I can't tell you the peace and joy that you will get from having that relationship with with God and we don't want we don't want you guys to to go through what you're, you're going through alone you know we want the peace of God and the joy of the Lord to be with you and strengthen you in whatever you're going through and uh, anyway um, anyway well I just want to remind you too if you have any prayer requests anything just let us comments below. Uh, I'm kind of wrapping it up here, unless you have something more. Uh, I didn't want to open the next section yet until next week. Um, but uh, I know it's simple, but uh, uh, you know, you know, we need to have a relationship. We also need to have a relationship with the body of Christ. You know, I know it's a little challenging now with this quarantine, uh, but we have so many innovative ways, even just to pick up the phone, text, Facebook, whatnot. You know, even in this quarantine, so many people are lonely. Uh, you know, we the early church was steadfast into the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, breaking the bread, and the prayer, and uh, they grew daily. You know, you know, we need fellowship. You know, we limit God when we try to be a lone ranger. When we isolate ourselves in the body of Christ, uh, that's dangerous, and we can limit God in our lives. We are better together, and we are better. I need people in my life. I need people encouraging and spurring me on to good deeds. I need people admonishing me in the Lord. I need that. Uh, I mean, and lately, God has used a three-year-old to be my encourager. You know, uh, I had some uh, down times this week, but God used a three-year-old to encourage me. You know, don't limit God. Now, God can use people. God can use the what can seem to be the weak things of this world. But we need to have a relationship with God, and we need to have a relationship with like-minded people. 
and, uh, uh, you and, know. and if and if you're feeling alone, reach out, please, because the body of Christ is to encourage one another. And if for any reason you're you're thinking that no one will understand me or I'm too embarrassed to reach out because of whatever you're you're going through, uh, to, I'm just going to be blunt. That's lies from the enemy. God put the body of Christ here on this earth for one another. And as much as it's important in a marriage for the husband and wife to have that relationship, the body of Christ is for encouraging one another. They encourage each other one daily. Um, they, they, and Dave will have to correct me because I, I might be quoting one verse wrong or, or two different verses. But they, they spoke hymns and, and sang spiritual songs to one another. They, they encouraged one another. They, they, um, they, the body of Christ is to edify one another. So if not, and not hurt one another. That, that's another uh, bone I will pick with anybody who thinks the body of Christ is to hurt each other. That is, that is not, and... I, I will get off that because I don't want to get on, on anyone. But the body of Christ is to encourage one another, to love on one another, and to build each, each other up in their relationship with God. There's been so many times I've been down and Dave lifts me up or another brother or sister in Christ and vice versa. And, you know, we're here to bear each other's burdens and, and to say, hey, you know, I have a verse for you, or let me pray for you. Let let me be like Aaron and her with Moses and, and hold your hands up while you, you walk through this. You know, uh, it says in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, And he gave himself some to be, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. He goes on to say in verse 16, or 15 and 16, But speaking the truth and love may grow up in all things to who, him who is the head of Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I didn't read the whole context there. I skipped through some of it. But... My job as a pastor, our job as pastors, is to equip the saints for the working of the, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh, in verse 12, Ephesians 4:12, three times Paul uses the word "for the." He gave us the fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. My job is to equip you to edify one another. That's our ministry as a body of Christ. Our ministry is to edify one another. Because we're all knit together to edify one another. Each doing its part. My job is not to do the ministry. My part is to equip you to do the ministry of edifying one another. And that includes me. I edify one another. You edify me. And vice versa, and amongst yourselves. And my job is, and you know, even under the quarantine, even with the lockdown, we can still edify one another. 
this lockdown because we don't have buildings to meet. Just because we can't go into public areas, we can still pick up the phone, we can still text, we can still send a card, we can still mess, uh, there's all kinds of social medias, we can still edify and encourage one another. We are not limited because of some quarantine to do that. And, and, and my job description based on the word of God is to equip us to do that. And, and, but where does that start? It goes back to our whole Bible study tonight. It starts with the relationship with God. Jesus ministered out of compassion to the people, but it started with his own relationship with the Father. If we don't prioritize having a relationship with the Father, we ha we're not going to minister effectively one to another. And yet that is our job. My job is not to fill, fill a church building. My job is not to make a name for myself. My job is to edify you. My job is to encourage you. My, my job is to help you. Put aside my title as pastor for a minute. My job is to minister to each and every one that God brings in my path. And that's my job. That's your job. It's not just my job. It's our job collectively. It's our jobs individually to minister to one another. We can need to minister within our marriages. We need to minister to our kids. We need to minister to our parents. We need to minister to our family and friends. We need to minister to everybody. We even need to minister to our enemies. And we need to minister to one another. Nobody's off the hook. Nobody is not worthy of grace and mercy. And actually, that's almost an oxymoron. Nobody is worthy of grace and mercy. But it's our job to extend grace. And it's our job to extend mercy to one another. But we never will do that if we don't first have a relationship with God. We need to have a relationship with Him. That's where we learn. When we understand His mercy towards us. When we understand His grace towards us, we will in turn minister that to one another. We all need a friend. We all need one another. We need the body of Christ. It's a blessing. And so, but we need uh, our, our biggest, uh, our most important relationship with God. And we need to, you know, Paul says in Galatians, that we are to encourage one another daily, especially to those that are part of the family of God. And we are, he said it this way, uh, do good to everyone, especially to the, the, the family of God, or something of that nature. I know this is in Galatians 6, uh, but anyway. Uh, go ahead, you have something? No, I just, I was quoting the same verse in my head, along with you. Uh, well, we love you guys. Uh, again, if you have any prayer requests or whatever, uh, let us know. Reach out anytime. And you can also reach out through our, we have our contact information on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Uh, uh, spend time with your daddy. Spend time with loving one another. And have a blessed, blessed week. We'll be here next week. Again, all of our Bible studies that uh, we started with Don't Limit God, we have um, archived on our website. And we'll be back here next week at 6 o'clock. All right. Okay. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Love you guys. <coughs> Excuse me.